0: Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast. Your home for deer hunting news, stories, and strategies. And
1: now, your host, Mark Kenyon. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kenyon, and this is episode number 246. And today we are back with our rut radio miniseries in which we hear from hunters all across the country about the latest deer activity and behavior, the progress of the whitetail rut, and the tactics that are working right now. Alright, welcome to the wired to hunt podcast brought to you by Onyx. And today we are back for RUT Radio. And this is kind of when RUT Radio hits its stride, I feel like. Because we are now there. In the words of... uh, I think Bing Crosby, I think Frank Sinatra, I think just about any probably Michael Bublé, Harry Connick Jr. It's the most wonderful time of year. I think they've all said that on a song at some point, <laughs> <laughs> and and it really is. It's not Christmas. It's the rut. It's uh, it's basically here because when this podcast drops is Halloween, I think, and Sweet November will be right at our fingertips. And what we do here on Rut Radio, if you're not familiar. As we chat with hunters from all across the country to get the latest and greatest on what's happening in the woods right now. What's the progress of the rut? What kind of sign are we seeing? What kind of deer activity are we seeing? What are the conditions and variables present that are impacting deer and deer hunting? That's the kind of stuff that we have for you today. And Spencer Newharth is the man who goes out and collects all that. Spencer, are you as excited as I am? Yeah, I'm I'm echoing your enthusiasm for this time of year because
2: finally on rut radio we're going to start hearing some things that involve rutting so uh you know you're gonna hear some pre-rut stuff uh talk about seeking and chasing all this stuff that gets you excited for the end of october and the beginning of november
1: oh yes i've we've been waiting all year for this and it's here and uh you, my friend, have a little bit of a, of a rut report that you could probably share. Is that right? I heard you did some hunting in South Dakota.
2: Yeah, I've been jumping around the state hunting some different pieces, a mix of public and private, and and uh, basically from now to the next month, I, I'll be hunting nearly every day, and so... Uh, This last week was really exciting. It was the stuff that makes archery hunting super fun and super frustrating. Twice I had shooters uh, within 45 yards. It just never came together for me where I was given an opportunity. But I'm uh, comforted that it is the end of October and the best is yet to come. But on both of those hunts, it was dealing with deer that were acting how you th- would think they would act this time of year the one buck came in tearing up some scrapes the other buck came through dogging a doe uh like basically the middle of the afternoon it was almost four hours before sunset so wow. uh the, the deer are doing what we want them to now i just got to be in the right place at the right time but yeah Mark, you, on the other hand, you did get it done. Congrats on the awesome Nebraska buck. Uh, I'm <laughs> super proud and super jealous. I know you're going to save most of the story for your regular episode dropping on Thursday. But on that hunt, uh, what kind of running activity did you see?
1: Yeah, well, well thank you, first off. It was, uh, it was really cool. And as far as the activity that I saw, I definitely was seeing what you hope to see at the end of October. Some of that pre-rut, leading into the rut activity. Um, saw bucks making scrapes and saw bucks beginning to cruise a little bit. I saw a mature buck up on his feet, uh, probably four similar to what you saw about four hours before dark cruising river bottom, almost got a shot at him. And then about two hours before dark, I saw another buck doing the same thing and I did get a shot at him. And, um, another thing that he was doing related to running activity is that he was very susceptible to calling. He definitely was rutted up fired up and aggressive because I was able to call him into range with a snort wheeze. So got really aggressive with that. I could tell he was probably the big boss in the area, big rutted up neck, biggest deer I'd seen down there and, um, decided to, to, to challenge him. And that worked. He came right in. So, you know, there were not a lot of deer in this area without, without sharing too much about the hunt, it was very low deer density. Um, so I wasn't seeing like tons of chasing or scraping or anything or sorry, chasing or, um, seeking or anything but there was a little bit of that cruising beginning and um like i said calling worked so as far as nebraska i'd give it like a like a six or seven on the scale probably um and i'm sure it's just gonna get better yeah well
2: this week on the episode we talked to hayden krimmer from legendary whitetails wisconsin and then hunter forbes in kentucky from southern whitetail outfitters and then trent siegel in kansas from heartland bowhunter and then in georgia from georgia field is brian grossman
1: Excellent. Do we do we have any themes yet in mind um or anything that's on your mind that you think's going to be a theme based off of uh things we've seen traditionally this time of year? Um uh, uh, again,
2: I'm going to jump back to last year's episodes. Last year we were hitting cold fronts just perfectly timed. We talked about it on last episode if you pulled out a calendar and circled the dates you wanted cold fronts to roll in. Uh we got them. They were coming on the weekend. They were uh you know, happening right when some of the best rutting activity was happening. That's not going to be the case this year. And so, you know, there'll be some nuanced stuff that we talk about to help you kill a mature buck. But like you and Dan talked about on the getting ready for the rut episode, the number one factor for you killing a deer right now is just putting in the time
1: and being in the woods yeah that's the truth and you know something that's worth noting and this is a hard lesson i learned a handful of years ago um and me and andy may when we were out there in nebraska we were talking about this and how we both had experienced it um this being the fact that during the rut sometimes you want to be careful not to get too wrapped up in the weather conditions and things like that and let those depress you in any way so for example back in 2015 i was out in iowa And I was hunting, and I'd hit this cold front, and then a big warm spell came through. And it was going to be in like the mid to high 70s. And I just remember thinking, me and all my friends were thinking, oh, gosh, this is going to ruin our rut vacation. Um, There's nothing, nothing's going to be moving, blah, 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 blah. And in most times of year, you're going to see this reduction in deer activity when it gets unseasonably warm. And there was a reduction in deer activity during that time period, but it is the rut. And things still happened during the run. And I, because I thought maybe I could cash in on, get some brownie points by going home, I decided to leave Iowa for a couple days, take care of some family stuff during this warm spell, and then come back when the temperatures started dropping again. During that two days that I was gone, three of my friends all killed nice big mature bucks, despite the warm weather. So it was just a great reminder that, you never want to get too caught up in it during this time of year. This it's it's the rut. You got to be out there whether it's 70 or 30. Um yeah, those colder days might be better, but magical things can happen at any time out there. So tree stand time is key. Yeah, and that
2: goes for uh the other factors outside of weather as well. Right now, the rut trumps everything, and it's not going to get better than what it's going to be these next few weeks. Ah, uh, yeah,
1: that's the truth. So as you, you kind of alluded to it, but if you, if you missed it, last week's episode of Wired Hunt, at the end of it, me and Dan kind of shared some main rut hunting principles. Definitely check that one out for, for a couple of just high-level concepts to be keeping in mind during these next couple of weeks of hunting. Um, but if you'll allow me, Spencer, do you want to do just one or two other quick pieces of rut hunting advice while we get got people here before the reports? My My best advice isn't necessarily... Uh, something you can apply
2: right now and it would maybe go back to what you were doing for the last few months but my best route advice would be to largely stay out of the areas that you consider your best spots and uh you know the, the places that you think you might be sitting all day come this time of year because uh it's only going to make things better Right now, if if you haven't been in there four or five times, and uh, if you just let your trail camera soak in there, uh, if you haven't been hunting it and blowing deer out, that's going to benefit you in the long run. And so my best rut hunting advice would be to, you know, stay out and take things easy until right
1: now. Yeah. So, so that being said, I guess I'll, I'll just reiterate that, that Stop saving stuff just about now. Like we're about time. It's about time to, to go for it. Um, you know, as we get into these first couple of weeks of November, now is the point when you need to dive in and throw some hail marys. Now is the time to go sit that betting area. Now is the time to dive into that deep funnel location and sit there all day. Um, you got to take every little trick you've got up your sleeve and, and try it now because this is that that moment when you can possibly capitalize on it. Um, so yeah, yeah, put in the time. Be aggressive when you have to switch things up. Don't be afraid to try new things. Um, but as I mentioned last week, whenever you're confused or starting to get frustrated, always go back to the principles of pinch points and doe bedding areas and doe activity areas. Those things, as long as you're hunting and somehow related to something like that, you're going to be in a good position. And then, of course, like I had success a couple of days ago, calling can be uh, particularly Effective this time of year as well. So snort wheezes if you really want to get really aggressive, maybe some estrus bleats rattling can work now. Now's the time kind of as, I, as I've been saying several times now, now's the time to try these different things. So um, I think what I'm sensing is that I am rambling. And when I ramble, that's usually a good sign that I should just stop and let you continue the show, Spencer, with our rut radio guests. So does that sound like a good plan for you? That sounds like a good plan. Congrats again, Mark, on the great deer. But
2: let's get to our first caller. Sounds good. Before we get to our first caller, let's pause for a word from our sponsors at Whitetail Properties. This week with Whitetail Properties, we are joined by Tom James, a land specialist out of central Indiana. And Tom is going to be telling us about what to look for when your goal is to flip a property.
3: Okay. Great question. Um, well, first and foremost, looking at a good county in your state or even a good part of the county that is known for producing um, better quality deer. And that's uh, typically easily found out in the, in the state's record book program. So those counties are typically more highly sought after by buyers um, a, as opposed to you know maybe counties that are off out of that parameter. So number one, a good county maybe even a better part of the county that uh, is known for producing better deer. Secondly, I would look for property that you can pick up right at market value and slightly under market value, obviously, as a home run. But uh, make sure you do your homework, find out what the comps and local local land is selling for and that mixed recreational ground. And that would be timber and maybe some pasture, uh, some tillable ground mixed in. So number two, good value at at the current market price. And number three, look at Uh, sometimes an often overlooked aspect of timber that people don't know a lot about is um, the quality of the hardwood species that are on the property. If you can find 18 inch and uh, larger diameter trees in there, specifically white oaks, red oaks, walnut, cherry, um, sugar maple, the white oak market is extremely hot right now. And anything above that is going to, that size range is going to return dividends that you could use applying to paying the property back off and also doing some great habitat work in the process by opening up the, uh, the canopy and getting some good habitat
2: work going on in there. If you'd like to learn more and to see the properties that Tom currently has listed for sale, visit whitetailproperties.com backslash James. That's J-A-M-E-S. All right, and joining us on the line first is Hayden Krimmer in Wisconsin from Legendary Whitetails. Now, Hayden in Wisconsin, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10?
4: Um, I would say it's about a, a seven right now. I'm starting to see some more
2: midday movement with uh,
4: some mature bucks and a lot of younger bucks on their feet cruising around checking for does.
2: And so that midday movement—that's something you've seen in person, or that's what your trail cameras are telling you?
4: Yeah, that's something I've seen in person. Um, I was out in Western Wisconsin this weekend. I saw a mature a mature buck at four or four thirty on Sunday. And at 1130, I saw that same buck on Saturday. So um, they were definitely on their feet. We also had another guy in camp who uh, killed the buck at 1130 on Sunday. Um, he was following a, a hot bill, and
2: um, the action was definitely picking up during the day. So what types of areas are you focused on for these all-day sits in Wisconsin?
4: Um, a lot of uh, saddles and funnels. I also um, focused a little bit on um, just downwind areas. Uh, of bedding as well as food sources so trying to be in areas where there's a lot of thick cover around um, and just good funnels for them to be working through checking
2: for doughs. so would you say that's the exact same types of areas that you'll be focusing for like these next few weeks as the the rutting gets better
4: yeah as the rutting gets better i definitely like to stay tight to bedding Um, especially on all day sits i feel like staying close to bedding is, is the best call if there's a a better chance that you're going to catch a buck on its feet, checking those areas for does. Um, But then in the same situation, I like to be within the vicinity of some food sources as well, because that's typically where the does are going to be. So you want to be in the
2: areas that the does are going to be. Have you been doing any calling there in Wisconsin yet?
4: Yeah. So that encounter I had with the mature buck at uh, 1130 on Saturday, he had came out into a cut hay field with a doe and he worked a scrape on the edge of the field and started working Um, towards another bedding area, and when he got across the field, I I threw out a grunt at him, and he came on a beeline straight towards me. So um, the Dolly's width definitely wasn't hot since he reacted to the call like that, but it it worked like a charm. I grunted one time at him and then um, was completely quiet after that, and he came right in. He ended up working past me at 30 yards but couldn't get a shot off because the brush
2: was too thick. But
4: that was one of the best responses I've ever had to a grunt call. He definitely heard
2: it and came straight in on a string. You mentioned there that you were sitting on a hayfield. What do you think the food sources look like right now in Wisconsin for someone looking to kill a mature buck over these next few weeks? Maybe that's something that people don't always consider or or where these deer are feeding, but what have you been seeing? Yeah, so what I saw this weekend, uh,
4: the only time I saw deer feeding was out in that hayfield. The other stand locations I was sitting, there wasn't a lot of... um, wasn't a lot of other food around there was some natural browse but i didn't see them stopping to browse on any natural stuff um a lot of the deer i saw in the timber were if they were bucks they were cruising looking for does um and then the does that i saw just moved right past I'm assuming they were going to other food sources um i think the the natural browse has kind of slowed down i think they're switching to more of that traditional food source and definitely there was a lot of field i saw in that cut hay field even middle of the day two o'clock they were um frequently coming and going out of that cut hayfield.
2: So are you starting to see some deer now in areas that previously had only been spots that you were finding nocturnal movement?
4: Um, not really. That was the first time I had hunted that farm this year, so I don't have much of a reference to go off of. But before, a couple of weeks ago, I was seeing a lot of browsing on acorns and natural browse. So um, I'd say it's transitioning more away from that. So,
2: yes, it's it's changing. Going forward then this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of 1 to 10 in Wisconsin?
4: I think it's going to be anywhere from a 9 to 10. I think the end of October is usually when that first doe comes into heat and then every buck in the area is on or so. I didn't see, there was only that one hot doe that I know from that guy in camp that ended up killing that buck. But there's definitely bucks moving around looking for does. So I think in the next couple of days here, um, those first, early does are going to start popping and the action really going to heat up.
2: All right. Great intel, Hayden. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Spencer. All right. And joining us on the line next is Hunter Forbes from Southern Whitetail Outfitters in Kentucky. Now, Hunter in Kentucky, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of one to ten?
5: Man, I'm going to have to give it around a six right now. The way the weather's been here lately, it's just it's been a lot of nocturnal movement from them. Um, daylight activity has been pretty slow, but... As soon as these little bit of you know, cold fronts come through, it's going to be kicking off and be getting a little bit better for us. But up to this point, I'm going to give it about a six.
2: And so do you see any of that promising weather on the way that might turn things around?
5: Right now, as I'm doing this, it's 77 degrees on us. It's warm and it's blowing hard out of the south. Looks like a couple of days of rain. And then towards the end of this week, we should have a couple days that we're really looking forward to being in the tree on.
2: Well, it looks like you guys have had some success at Southern Whitetail Outfitters. What have those setups been like lately?
5: everything's been so unpredictable for us. You know, a lot of deer have been seen just quite, you know, out of range. Um, The setup set that we've been killing them on lately has really been taking advantage of using some, like, different cell cams and being able to focus on where you see buck moving between 5 and 6 in the morning, somewhere right there where they're going to be bed near it. And it hadn't been consistent, but um, the deer that we've been able to take have been pretty much where they stand up in the afternoons and then make their way to a little bit of food before they start looking for some does.
2: So, you've That's been, where we've been
5: having the most of our success.
2: So, you've been right on top of their bedding then, or closer to the food source that they've been hitting?
5: In between, if we can. You know, every farm and setups can be a little different with how access is and how you can get in there on them. Um, but the closer, the better. And it's just, it has been changing so much. They're really unpredictable. Um, but with that little bit of information, because a lot of times, that if we don't have any kind of mobile unit on the camera, we're checking it and we're seeing where we should have been, you know, three and four days ago. And it's not that most recent information. Biggest thing is they've definitely out of their patterns and they're slowly getting there to start looking for does. You know, the younger bucks are starting to bump them around a little bit. But the mature bucks have been, I'm going to say 90% of the movement's been at night. And if you catch them in that 10%, it's going to be on one of those, you know, the day after the front is where we have seen most of our deer.
2: The deer that you guys have been killing, are those bucks that you've been familiar with? Or are you starting to see a lot of mature whitetails start to move in there that maybe you haven't seen since summer or have never seen at all?
5: it's been deer that we're familiar with, you know, and it's until last night, I'm going to say last night was the breakthrough night going through pictures and everything of, of seeing new mature bucks. Um, I've noticed the past three or four days we've been picking up some, you know, younger three and a half year old deer that we're unfamiliar with. So last night was the first night and I've bet probably on six or seven cameras. We had new mature bucks show up. Of course, like I said, it was at night, but that's the step in the right direction that we're looking for.
2: Have you or any of the hunters in camp been doing any calling yet?
5: Yes, they have been. It's had some little bucks respond to it. Um, We had a deer that was missed with a muzzleloader that was actually grunted in. He saw him, you know, well across the field, um, grunted a few times. Then deer did come in to where he had a shot opportunity. So it it is working, you know, time and place.
2: As we get into the best part of the season where, uh, you know, the rutting activity peaks, what will your setups look like then? Will they be different than what you've been doing lately? Or will they be a lot of the same stuff between feed and bed?
5: Um, It will be a little bit differently. I'll say we have been taking advantage of scrape lines right after these rains and around the front. Um, That's that same area, get them coming out of the bed, going to the scrape, going to food, that whole transition area. Um, We're trying to keep those as happy as possible on us, Um, get them super comfortable. And I'd say as we go closer to the rut, we're going to be hitting those food sources where we have the most dose.
2: Are those scrape lines going to be relevant for you guys a little while yet, or is that something you start to not pay attention to as we hit November?
5: They will with the mature bucks. I I still haven't seen a lot of mature bucks um, using them in the day. So I think we have, you know, the better scrape hunting still in front of us. And it's very likely that's this weekend when that's going to get right for us. Um, But I'd say within the next week, we're still going to be on that as best we can. And then, And then from there, we're going to be going, you know, more over the food sources, um, especially in the evenings.
2: Going forward then this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of 1 to 10 in Kentucky?
5: I'm going to give us an 8 for the weekend. I think that's going to be the first one that we're really going to see some mature bucks on their feet and doing what they're supposed to be doing.
2: All right, Hunter, well, good luck to you and the guys in camp. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Spencer. All right, and joining us on the line next is Trent Siegel in Kansas from Heartland Bowhunter. Now, Trent, in Kansas, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10?
6: I'd say it's been really good, probably like um, an 8 or 9 as far as daylight movement goes for mature bucks.
2: And what are you basing that off of, your trail cameras or some sightings that you've had while hunting lately?
6: Both. Um, trail cameras have, have definitely had a decent amount of um, Daylight activity and then hunting, and have seen some good bucks. And then um, <laughs> another indicator that, that we all kind of see nowadays is um, just the number of bucks that are dropping um, around our, you know, hometowns on, on social media.
2: So a lot of the Great Plains lately has uh, been dealing with excess precipitation that's kind of delayed harvest. Are you saying that in Kansas and what are maybe some of the repercussions from that with that late harvest?
6: so the biggest thing that i've noticed is yeah most all of our crops are still in we got a, like record rainfalls earlier this month and um, fields are still muddy crops are still standing and and just what i've noticed is um it's been a delay in getting bucks on camera um, on properties that um show have shown up by now i guess in years past um, and ones that I know, made it through season last year. I, I haven't had on camera yet. Um, and I, I, I think it's just because the crops aren't out. Is,
2: so what phase of the rut would you say we're in right now? Uh, pre rut seeking and chasing. What do you think's going on in Kansas?
6: I honestly think um, definitely seeking and chasing. I, I think there's does that are getting bred right now. Um, I've, I've noticed last week there's a lot of good daylight activity and mature bucks. Um, and then now it seems like it's it's very sporadic and I'm seeing a lot of fawns on cameras and then, and then out hunting too that are by themselves. Um, so, I mean, I, I think their moms are are locked up with some bucks and it's going to be that stage where we're just trying to catch those big mature bucks in between does now.
2: With it looking like the rut is maybe going a little bit sooner, what would you attribute that to?
6: <laughs> you know, I deer hunting is a funny... Uh, I don't know, just a, a funny game we play. I, I, I never used to believe the moon had anything to do with it, but um, this year was um, one of the earliest harvest moons or second full moon after the um, the fall equinox. And I, I think, I mean, that's the only thing that I can attribute differently this year and then obviously the rainfall and stuff. But um, I... I do think the moon maybe has something to do with it this year that it's kind of, it's definitely an early rut. And, um, they're big deer dropping like crazy, um, just in the last like week and a half.
2: What strategies are you using right now with calling? Will you do some blind rattling and set had success for you in the past in late October?
6: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it, it's definitely the time to, to be doing some grunting and rattling. Um, I'm trying it about every sit. Um, I did see two bucks, um, one actually the best buck fight I've ever seen in person. Um, a week ago this past Sunday. So just like eight, nine days ago. Um, it was just two nice, like three-year-olds just, I mean, fighting until they were trying to kill each other, basically. I mean, it, it was an awesome fight. So it's, it's definitely time to be hitting their horns together and, and, uh, doing some calling
2: with some more extreme rutting activity that you've seen, do you think uh, sign making is no longer relevant or are you still seeing a lot of fresh sign in the woods?
6: I think it's still relevant. Um, I'm still getting a lot of um, nice bucks on scrapes, um, still hitting the mock scrapes. Um, you know, I've, I've never tried until this year to putting the scrape trees out in front of some stands and some food plots and hunted over one of those the other night and, and had a lot of good luck. And, Pretty much every deer coming in the plot came right to that scrape tree. Um, even the does were going over to it and, and kind of scent checking it and stuff. So um, there's de- they're definitely doing that. It's one of their main ways of communication. I feel like, um, and a great way to to get some most recent information. As some of the guys like to say, get their cameras on there.
2: Going forward, then, it's next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of one to ten in Kansas?
6: I gotta say it's it's only gonna get you know stay just as good or get better. Um, it's it's supposed to get colder. Um, the moon is gonna be a little less full, which I always think it, it's a little easier to hunt. And um, you know the the month turns or the calendar turns to November, so it's it's gonna be that magical time. So uh, that time we all dream of all year long. So it's it's gonna be rocking.
2: Alright Trent, well if history is any indicator you're going to have a big buck down with your bow here pretty soon, so good luck and thanks for joining me. Thanks a lot man.
6: Same to you. Have a good rest of your fall.
2: Alright, and joining us on the line next is Brian Grossman from Georgia Field in Georgia. Now Brian, in Georgia, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10?
0: I would say on, on a scale of 1 to 10, I would I'd say a 6 right now. Um, we're really starting to see a lot of, uh, new scrapes pop up, um, starting to get some reports of, of you know, seeing some, some young deer chasing, uh, that kind of activity. More deer, I, I put out a, uh, a mock scrape here behind my house a few days ago and, uh, seen seeing a lot of different bucks showing up, checking that out. And actually, I guess, yeah, last night, uh, caught a 10 second video clip of a, Little buck chasing a doe. He, he chased her past the camera twice in a ten-second time frame. So he was he was definitely uh, going after. Her. But um, you know, no no reports yet of of really any mature bucks chasing or you know any serious rut rut sign yet.
2: Would you say a six out of ten is normal for late October in Georgia?
0: Yeah yeah. I mean I think things seem to be progressing about like you would expect this time of year. So this, this is about the time you kind of see a, a peak in scrape activity and, uh, you know, rubs and and start seeing those younger bucks, you know, showing the first interest of, of kind of chasing after some does.
2: What are some of the food sources to focus on right now in Georgia?
0: Uh, still heavily on white oak acorns this time of year and, of course, you know, some red oak acorns too. Of course, we you know in uh, agricultural areas. There still be you know hanging out in agricultural fields, green fields, and but that's it's pretty much acorns right now.
2: As we get into the best hunting of the season, these next couple of weeks, as bucks start to rut more, is that the same food source that you'll focus on all the way through then, or will that change?
0: As far as food source, especially in that I'm not you know really in a agricultural area here of Georgia. Um, so yeah, it'll, it'll still, you know, rely heavily on, on white oaks. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, take a note from the, these, uh, the public land or the, what is it, the, uh, the hunting public guys and, uh, trying a little more getting in closer to bedding areas and, and, uh, seeing if that'll
2: work a little better than it has in the past. So. Have you been seeing any new bucks show up on trail camera? It's kind of that time of the season uh, where you might start to see some deer that you haven't seen since the summer or have maybe never seen at all. Yeah, I am uh,
0: running a couple trail cameras on a small 19 acres here behind my house. And uh, just seeing really for the size of the property, just seeing an incredible number of of bucks starting to show up here in the last two weeks. Um, Nothing, only one you know really noteworthy, but uh just a lot of uh, different bucks, young
2: bucks going forward then in the next week or so, what do you think that buck activity will be on a scale of one to ten in Georgia?
0: Well, hopefully here in the next week i mean it, it should only get better, so maybe uh you know an eight um, right now we've we've hit a little warm snap uh it's been was well, mid seventies today it's supposed to be eighty tomorrow uh so you know, that, that does seem just from my what I've seen, uh it, it seems to have suppressed some of the daytime, you know, buck movement or daytime deer movement. Um certainly isn't gonna, you know, affect the timing of the rut, but it it can affect daytime activity. Um and it, it seems to have done that. Uh but it is supposed to we got a cold front coming in Thursday, it's gonna dump a bunch of rain and then our temperatures are gonna be back down to you know, more in line with what they should be this time of year. So hopefully, uh, you know, with with that cooler weather and just uh, the normal timing of the rut here where I'm
2: at, uh, things should start getting good. All right, Brian, well, thanks for joining me, and good luck this season. All right, thank you, Spencer. And that concludes this week's episode of Wired to Haunt's Rut Radio. Thanks to Hayden, Hunter, Trent, and Brian for joining me, and thank you guys for listening. As always, make sure you're following Wired to hunt on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube, and follow me, Spencer Newharth and my blog, Rut Fresh, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as well. The next time I talk to you guys, it will be sweet November, and I'm stoked for what's to come on Rut Radio and in the woods. Stay wired to hunt.